Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, everybody. Hey, and we're Welcome. live on I'm a gonna Wednesday. Yeah, we're like a. We're we're not as well centered. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, Dave's probably in the background going, "Guys, this is a broadcast. God, come on, guys, watch what you're supposed <laughs> to be doing." Yeah. Um, so happy Wednesday. We're glad you're all here today. It's been such a lovely week and yeah, um, gotten a lot of um, been working an awful lot as a as partners and a team on uh -huh. some of the things that are coming up and and uh yeah it's been one of those weeks where you know in. you work and you work and you work and suddenly things start to snap in place and yeah, it feels good right i love it and so uh one of those things is, is is we're we're kind of getting ready we're heading to to vegas for the neo um summit so right. they'll be doing training Right after Buy Here, Pay Here United, um, uh, like the next day. Right. So it's it's kind of like one of those add-ons. I've got those dates. Um, uh, April 30th through May 2nd is BHPH United. And then the NEO Summit mm -hmm. on May 3rd, all at the Bellagio. So yeah. if you don't have your flights, grab a flight. We'll see you out there. Yeah, we're going to drive because we're now close enough that it's yeah. just, you know, it's going to be a nice drive. And then we'll have the wheels and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So we're going. Um, we're going as... Uh, mostly like participants because we have so many clients that use Neo right now. And it's just, it's good as um, to, to understand how, especially when we're the ones that are doing a lot of the introductions yeah. and, um, and all of that. So a couple other yeah, quick announcements. Um, mm -hmm. The, the videos are now available and being released yeah. soon. Uh, well, they're actually the in value. buy here, pay here. Um, Institute. We have all of the, the, the recordings are there now. Those of you who attended and had a ticket that I'll be sending all of you your access credentials to get in and see that because that was part of your ticket. Um, and so that should be coming soon. Also vendors and any of the participants will be getting their, their, um, their access credentials as well. So if anyone ha has been heard about it and want to be able to, to participate in that, that it's up and, and ready. Um, also yeah. quickly, the editing is done on the Tote the Note podcast that we did with Steve Levine. And we're just uh, waiting to get the work little the graphics. Um, graphic um, thing done. So look for Steve Levine on the morning show one day soon. I, yeah, um, we probably will within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll have him on. Based on and, his schedule. Yeah. But yeah, a ton of stuff. And also, I just made mm -hmm. a note. I think May 11th, we decided it was our first broadcast of the morning show. Oh, So yeah. we're coming up on a one-year yeah. anniversary. So Yeah, it, it's hard to believe. It's mm -hmm. been a year. Now, I have to, like, pat, 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 pat. We have not missed a show. I may have missed a show. She's dodged a few. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have that's not missed I a remember. show. Yeah. And yeah, which is, um, you know, I, that's, I'm kind of excited about that, that yeah. we've, you know, we've done them um, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday yeah. live, um, sure. except I think we did one recorded one for the 4th of July. We got to be in the ballpark of 150 episodes by the time we get to there. Mm -hmm. So it's at all least. good. Yeah. So we're excited about we're that. We're still showing up There's, and having fun. Should we oh, be yeah, absolutely. Guests? Oh, yeah. We have, to? we, uh, did you guys see who is our, we have two guests. We have our special guest. Dave, you're special too. Um, <laughs> but we have Mr. Tommy Brandis joining us Welcome, um, from Pennsylvania. Welcome. And we also have our CEO, Dave Murray, here. Um, and we were, can I start with like the, no, no. Um, I'm gonna, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so Jim and I have been sitting back and watching. Um, uh, I am trolling Facebook to for different dealerships and watching how they're communicating with their customer. Um, you know what it is that they're doing on on social media, and um, I have like so loved watching what Tommy has been doing over the course of uh, um, the last, you know, six months or so. Um, And it is just, if, if any of you uh, are looking for a way of approaching so that you're more personalized, uh, look up Tommy's dealership and like the page so you can see some of the stuff because every uh, it's so frequently that I am seeing customer success stories and you're telling a story and it is just beautiful. It just makes me happy every time I see it. So Tommy, tell us about what, you know, what was that, that, uh, spurred this, that what, what it was that got you to start doing that? Well, it, we've always had that, um, create a relationship, you know, um, mm-hmm. mentality, and, and you go back 30 years when everybody came into the dealership, when there was no ACH and there was no credit card payments and there was no internet. And yeah. most of your payments were weekly payments. You got to know the customers on a, on a first, a first name basis, but not only the first name of their kids and you saw them out at the local pub and you saw them at Christ, there wasn't even a Walmart then. I don't think um, <laughs> town. So you got to, you, you got to know everybody. And, and I know we've talked about it on occasion is, is it's getting harder and harder to, to keep the relationship going. It's hard enough to create it because we focus so much on just getting a car sold, yeah. you know, and then it's, and then to, to, to maintain it is impossible because ACH and you might never see a good customer. You may never hear from again, you know, God forbid, um, so, so it just got to the point where I was trying to figure out how to do it. And the, and I conveyed it to my team and conveyed it to my team and conveyed it to my, uh, vendors that I was using to help. And at the end of the day, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go and see if it still works. So I, uh, I cut a lot of bait and got back in the dealership on a day-to-day basis. And yeah, it still works. It's, it's not magic. It's just, yeah. Uh, what I see you doing, Tommy, is we know you well enough to know you're a good storyteller. Now you're just kind of telling those stories on social media. Mm-hmm. And obviously with permission of your customers, you're you're telling the kind of history and how they came to be your customer. And sure. it just is a nice way to profile the customer. Dave, I don't know how much of that that we're talking about that you have seen, but we just are enjoying watching Tommy just kind of go tell the stories about these people. And, and one of my favorite ones was the one about where you referred to the, the once was a kid eating popcorn, Eat popcorn. Yeah. And, the, and the dealers. Yeah, Andrew. And, and the funny thing is I didn't, I didn't know. He didn't like walk in the door and say, Hey, I'm the kid that used to come in with my mom. Who's bought three cars from you. Uh, and he used to get popcorn. Like that came up as we started talking. Cause he came in with his typical, can I get approved and how am I going to get approved today? Okay, sure. and once, once the, you know, the, the, the armor dropped, then, then everything just opens up. And then that's how that story came out. And sure. God, now we're like best friends again, you know? So that was yeah. good. So Dave, um, you know, you have a long, long, long history of marketing and, and all of that. How important is it to tell the story? <laughs> it's, 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 it's it. It's, it, it is the only thing. Um, really, um, we, you know, 
philosophically, we, we just, we connect on stories. We connect on storytelling. I mean, look everywhere, everywhere we go, you look at anything, it's always an attempt to, um, to better connect or find a way to connect in a way that, you know, maybe my competitor is not doing, but it all comes down to just finding out, you know, who they are, what they are and, and speaking to the, their level. I, I've, I think I've told you this, you know, uh, early on, uh, is I always had a, a moniker when I came out of the news business was real, raw and relevant. That was sort of my, my three pillars of communication is just make it real, make it raw, make it relevant, meaning make, make it interesting. And that's all just about, storytelling is just it's, you know if you can do those things and, and and connect to your 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 customers or your would-be customers um that's how we connect to one another um mm -hmm. we we like stories we just do yeah. and it doesn't matter if we, we see our worlds like all oh, these very big serious things but it's really storytelling um sure. people who are better storytellers or natural storytellers we know this we've seen this they connect to people um mm -hmm. and, and and there's something and and, and it helps foster real relationships sure i say Tommy, I you, yeah absolutely i think tommy you know that the, you can't create a relationship without some first level of connection so wherever that starts might be out on the lot might be in the building might be on the mm -hmm. telephone but there's some way that we connect with somebody early on to establish what we hope is a long relationship so how does that work at your dealership well it's, i i think i've always been a person who just loves to see how other people got where they are, you yeah. know, um, sitting at a bar. I'll talk to anybody. I just love talking to people, learning about people, hearing about people. And I read a book uh, a while ago called the life lessons of a legend. It's a, it's a book about captain Tony from key West. And, mm -hmm. uh, if you read all about him, he wasn't, you know, but, but, but in the book, he said, everybody has a diamond, uh, something that they're truly passionate about, something that makes them, them. And if you can find that diamond, then you got them and you have a lifelong friend and connection with that person. So that's yeah. kind of what I try to do. And, and you know, when you when you talk to people, their passion will come out pretty quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you can just pick mm -hmm. up on it. And I've always said I've been a good I'm not a smart guy. I'm a good listener. You know, I just listen to them and, and kind of give feedback. And, and mm -hmm. the next thing you know, you know, we're, we're friends. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's come easy to me. I don't know how to explain it to people, but it's, uh, I guess I'm fortunate to have that. Well, and it's, it is for a lot of people, well, there's some people, it's a natural thing for them to, you know, to be able to, to talk to anybody. And, and there are, are a lot of dealers that we work with that may not have that skill as a natural skill, but it can be a learned skill. Sure. It can be something it's it, it can be something that's learned and like reading the books and then putting little things that you're reading the books um, to practice and, you know, practicing your active listening and practice good question, um, good question um, asking. And and you, you can you can start because right. because what we have to realize is, is when that customer comes into dealership and, and you guys said it, you know, how does that customer feel coming in? Mm -hmm. You know, their main goal that day is to make sure they get a car. And they're going to do it yeah. any way possible. And yeah. we're in control. We're in the driver's seat. So we can handle that conversation any way we want to. So we can come in and browbeat them and say, how long have you lived here? How, long, how much you make? Where's your driver's license? Da, 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 da. Or we can just say, hey, you know, you've got a, you know, uh, Dale Earnhardt T-shirt on. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I love Dale Earnhardt. Or, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of create a completely different conversation. They're already there. They're going to buy a car. They wouldn't have walked in the door. Yeah. So the conversation does not have to immediately go to let's get them sold and get them out the door. 
Thank you. Now, uh, yeah, I, and so part of this, uh, we were kind of talking about the whole um, grand picture of what we wanted to talk about. And, you know, one big element is just having the conversation with them. Um, there was a part of this though, that we were, uh, it's part of it is also how you perceive the customer actually will lend what kind of, um, what kind of communication you want to have with them. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, um, there's so much here and I should just pause and tell our listeners, first of all, those who tune in are bound to know where our main theme today is customer success. And there's a lot to talk mm -hmm. about here. So we may run you know, past our typical 30 minutes this morning, because there's just a lot of things that kind of intersect with this topic that uh, we're covering today. And I think, you know, Tommy, there's, I, I went back and I fished out an old poll. Like it was July 19th of last year that I did a poll in the success group and maybe elsewhere, but the one I found this morning was from success. And we asked the question, basically, what percentage of your customers out there are truthful? Like what's the measurement of honesty of the people that you Wait, meet? I lost. And so we had, um, we had 35 respondents. Oh, you're going to try to show it on the screen. I was going to try to show it on the screen. Yeah, that's cool. So I've got the numbers here, but we had 35 respondents, not a big number, but, but clearly the, the answers were along the line of, you know, one was kind of smart alecky. Oh, we had a, we had a, an honest customer once nobody, nobody gave that answer. You know, uh, the other ones were nearly all of the customers are honest right? Nearly all of them. The, the, that was just two out of the 35, though, responded with that. 12 of the 35 said, most are truthful most of the time. Did you find it? Um, I, it's no, I did email, not. But, um, um, it, and that, that was the one that was in success, right? Correct. Yeah. And so, and then the, the, the vast majority of the people answered like 50, 90, 50 some odd percent. Yeah. 19 of the 35, the answer was the most common answer said, they're about the same the level of honesty with our customers is about the same as the general population. Um, let me find that. Which I find interesting because yeah. what that tells me is that our customers are the same as you and me, which we kind yeah. of knew anyway, yeah. right? So well, it was, um, it, I'm looking at this right now and I'll, I'll it's, it was 54% mm -hmm. was representation of the larger population. Right. Um, and then it, it got, so let's read the, the question to make sure. I'm so the question right. was, um, what letter grade would you give your buy here, pay your customer entire portfolio in terms of honesty? Um, and a plus was all the time. They tell the truth all the time. No, we had, um, no one, I think that actually yeah. one per one person or something next was an a minus nearly all of them tell the truth nearly all of the time. And that, um, had 5%. And then um, a B would be most are truthful most of the time. That was 34%. And then C, which was the largest one, was mixed, probably representative of the larger population, 54%. And then the, the final six was we had an honest customer once or we're still waiting for someone to be honest with us. So the largest percentage was that it's a representation of the larger population, which got us talking about something too this yeah. morning. Yeah. It's uh, like, um, you know, when we, when we recognize that those folks are really just mm -hmm. the same as we are, they're just in a different place in life probably. Mm -hmm. And so I think as I hear that, Tommy, I'm just thinking, what is the lens? And, and in particular, there's, there's so many tangents off of this. Like I, I've already said, uh, Dave, but I want to have Tommy back at the end of May. Uh, he's going to be coming up on a 31 Congratulations. year anniversary. We had, uh, we had you on our, on your 30th. Yeah. 
And I think for our dealer listeners, I'm really thinking, Tommy, we get it. You're, you're an engaging person. You chat up people at the bar. And so it's easy to understand how you connect with people and create relationships and earn customers. I'm interested in the part about how do you convey that to your people? Like, how do you have that permeate the rest of the operation and help them learn what it is? Cause I hope this morning we can help some other listeners learn what it is that you do and how can, how can somebody out there on the front line start to see the customer differently and maybe bring a different approach to the customer because of that. So what do you think, Tommy? Well, it, it, that's, that's difficult. Um, because the, the our, our customers have been trained. Um, they're survivors. And I've said that they're no different than the Fox that I watch out back every day, who I know is hunting for food mm-hmm. for his new pups <clears throat> um, or the dealer who has a credit line who you know, lives paycheck to paycheck by their borrowing base Mm -hmm. every week. Our customers live paycheck to paycheck. We do. The fox in the back has to adapt and overcome to to feed his family. We all have to feed our family. We all have to do what we need to do to survive. So our customers have been trained that way. So they're going to come in right away with the the guard up, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and we have to be able to break down that over time. Um, and they will lie if they feel they need to lie. And out of the box, they feel they need to lie because they've heard no. My, my new line is they say no, we say yes. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't care about how long you've been at the job or anything like that. I care about your character and and if you need a car. And But um, I, I don't know really how to portray it other than, other than if you don't think your customer is exactly like you, then you're going to have a problem. If you think yeah. you're better than your customer um, – uh, because you drive a nicer, newer car or live in a bigger house or whatever. You're not. You're the same exact person. Most of us live paycheck to paycheck from having trouble. We have the same stress as they do, just on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have to get into that realm to where you're exactly like them and they're just going through a different, they're on a different track. Yeah. Uh, once that breaks down and then the customer really understands that you care and you're going to help them, then the customer opens up. Then it be, then it becomes easy, you know. But like mm-hmm. I said, we will our, our customers will lie if we force them to lie. Yeah. Uh, like when I repossess a car, um, my old adage is: if I can put my head down on a pillow after I just took a single mother's only mode of transportation to work uh, to provide for her family and and fall asleep, then I know I did everything I could do to help her before that. Um, Mm-hmm. Out of that, we have to make sure we can talk to the customers and allow the customers to talk to us, or or it's just not going to be, or you're just a number and not a person. Um, yeah, that make sense. Sometimes I ramble, of course, yeah. no, no. passionate what, about it, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. what I'm kind of hearing <laughs> is that initial, um, you know, when when they're first coming in and you're having those conversations, it's like it that that initial connection is like so essential. It's just it's that's where, that's where everything, that's where the foundations lie is that initial connection with your customer right? and, and creating that safe environment for them to. Yeah. Well it's, you know, they walk in and, or, or they're, they're on and I've been doing my, uh, I've been handling the BDC too. And a lot of it, I've kind of been having more success with texts, which is something for another day. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, they, 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 they lead out with the, with the price question because that's the only question they know. And then that's a question they know they can fight about because they know our price is going to be too high. So you just diffuse that. It's a it's a conditioned it's a conditioned question by them. Mm-hmm. So you get that diffused. And the second one, why I have bad credit? And I'm like, so what? 
you know, mm-hmm. most people do it here. Well, I just got a new job. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's like all that stuff doesn't matter mm-hmm. because they're supposed to change jobs three times and 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 they will change apartment. That's who they are. You know, if we sit here and think, well, we got to have you got to have such and such and you got to make such and such and you got to do this. It's not true. They're survivors. They figure out how to pay the car. Rick Reeves said it best. The car is the most important thing in their life. Um, and we're coming into with we're coming in, you know, they can go live with a friend, but they but they can only get so many rides to work. Yeah. And we're coming into to an economy where our customer base will not have choices like they did a few years ago. They mm-hmm. can go across the street or go down here. You know, you don't see cars being dropped off like you used to and going someplace else. Everything's tightening. So so creating that relationship with the customer now and realizing that we're here to help. And we're, we may very possibly be your last choice for the for the foreseeable future. Let's work together. So yeah. you know, and 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 they're like usually they just go, <sighs> cool, yeah. you know, and then they tell you everything. Then they tell you too much. I was gonna I, I, I was gonna ask a question, Tommy, of you. So how do you? Uh, like identify people you want that you hire that kind of exhibit your, your traits, which is what I'm saying. I mean, you see people, you meet people where they are, which is something that's hard to teach. So there's certain people that are like, look, I don't care who you are. I'm just going to see you today. And I'm going to look past a lot of stuff so you can have and get through some of those barriers. Right. And actually connect to people. How do you hire? How do you, what do you look for? Um, you teach that? A lot, a lot of times it, it'll be, um, the funny thing, uh, a, a bartender, you know, if you can see a bartender on a Friday night, three deep and not sweating and just handling it and having a good time, that's somebody that can handle the stress or fast food. I started in fast food and I still think that's the best training. Anybody, everybody needs to spend a year at McDonald's, hmm. you know, because you learn cross training and you learn how to deal with customers and you get to see both sides of it and all that. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of that people and then open, we're open people. Um, we're level-headed people. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. I haven't really hired all that many people because the people that I hire, mm-hmm. stay, you know, so it's, I yeah. think I don't, have turnover. I don't have turnover. <laughs> that's a good problem to have. I never worked there, but I think if you add up all my time in the drive up, I've spent a year at McDonald's. So I think I'm probably. (laughs) I was just thinking from what you were saying, um, you know, to being able to dial in when you're talking to someone, you, you, you might meet them at the bar or at the, at the McDonald's. And, and I, um, have encouraged a lot of our clients. It's like have some kind of way to drop a card or drop something and say, Hey, if you're ever looking for a different situation, give me a call. Cause I'd like to talk to you about this. Um, but I used to hire people all over the U S and so it was kind of hard to, to, um, do the one-on-one and meet them that way. And so I would usually ask them to tell me a story. And it was typically tell me the story of your best customer experience, a customer, you know, uh, uh, how, how like this was best. And so I can, I can go and I, I, I'm going to tell people, Hey, next time you need a mechanic, you're going to go to, to, um, to Peachtree, which is out in Heron Layton because they are going to treat you so well. And so you, I, I would have them tell stories like that. And then I would also have them tell stories about their worst customer experience um, a customer service experience 
because that kind of like you can use that and to 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 kind of dial in um, what are the things that they're aware of and, you know, use that in 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 that hiring um, process. So that's just, you know, a little bit of the experience I've had with hiring. It's it's if you can get someone who's a good storyteller and can tell a great story about their experience in the good and the bad, you you've got someone who can communicate pretty that's well. True. Yep. And I think, Tommy, what I um, what I'm hearing you touch on, and I would like to go a little further into this idea that, you know, when you think about the experience, the lens that your customer sees the dealership through, and, and now we talk about your dealership, customer reaches out to you or shows up on your lot and they think about what do, what do they know about your dealership or what do they know about buy your Bayer dealerships in general? And how's that forming their approach to you? Right. And what I'm hearing from you is you're you're very what I call inclusive, which is mm -hmm. you you look past the stuff that is the today and the questions that are you look past that. Like you're kind of what I call the, you know, the 10 year relationship. Like you're you're really thinking how did all this little stuff we're talking about today? I'm really trying to understand how how can we create a relationship that we're together for 10 and 20 and you have customers been with you for oh my gosh years. every oh, year yeah. people yeah. this is their third car this sure. is their fourth car yeah yeah yeah, yeah every time i say 10 year approach i think i think tommy hears that and says come on jim step it up let's go for 30 so yeah yeah no it's like it's like thinking past the stuff that's right now right it's mm -hmm. like thinking past all the little stuff about you with job time and down payment mm -hmm. and all the stuff that, you know, seems like it's the, the, the thing that we need to talk about right now, mm -hmm. you're kind of going past that. So, um, so how does that look, Tommy, if you think about the lens that the customer sees you and or dealerships through, what does that look like? I, I think we're just a little more laid back, okay. um, you know, like Gunner wears shorts and, you know, people call him a salesman in shorts and he wears shorts probably 364 days out of the year. You know, he, he wears shorts. Like uh, if he has long pants on or I have a tie on, usually somebody important died. Yeah. <laughs> That's really it. You know? Um, so we're kind of more laid back and you know me, I'm laid back. It's like, mm -hmm. we know mm -hmm. I, I like, I like sitting with the underwriting and I, and I have to say, I, I, I want to talk to Gene Daughtry more, but I know he's got a good um, seminar, uh, presentation coming up at national about underwriting outside the numbers, you know, okay, good. different, mm -hmm. different things, location mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. care. We'll bring back the, the sea of credit, the character sea of credit. You know, nobody looks at that anymore. Right. And on, unfortunately, I think with AI and everything, we're focused more on a regimented robotic, you know, and, and I don't, I don't sit there and, and look for what, you know, what I guess would call be the like, duh answer, you know, you run a credit report. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, well, I want to see what their credit score, how many repos they have. Well, they're supposed to have a low credit score and multiple repos. You mm -hmm. know, it, it, it's things like that. I look past all that and see the, 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 mm -hmm. the customer. I, um, 120 group meeting we were in, um, Mr. Bill, Bill Azell, uh, and now Matt King is running his store, but he said he looks at the customer and gets the, the whole picture of the customer. And if the customer is spiraling up, no matter what the other things happen, he takes a shot with the customer, you know, um, and it, but if the customer's spiraling down, you know, and you can put everything together. You got, I lost my job and I moved out of my own apartment back with my parents that could be spiraling down or, or whatever, but spiraling, yeah, I just changed my job, but I went from being a, a crew leader at Wendy's to a, a manager at Burger King. Oh, well, that's moving, spiraling up. So that's the, that's the way I think, our customers come in and they know it's, they kind of relax because they just kind of see the, 
the atmosphere is more relaxed. You know, we got music playing and all that. Um, and I guess it's fortunate that a lot of our customers are either repeat or referrals. So they already know the game, you know, and we've been around town for 30 years. So they kind of already know how we are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so, it's not rocket science. This is not a hard business. No, I know. And Dave, I know you must have questions about that. So I think the part that, um, and I'll let you <clears throat> jump in there, but I think as I hear that, what I would challenge you to think about is one of the things we see in our industry is that regardless of what that decision process looks like, you know, you heard Tommy talk about just customers spiraling up or down mm-hmm. and like, however we, whatever attitude we bring to that decision-making process and underwriting or meeting a customer and deciding to bring them on in before they ever get to an approval. Like there's all the stuff that we do, you know, leading up to that. I think the thing is that I, I hear dealers like Tommy are approaching it with the expectation of doing business. You see what I mean? It's the mindset of say, I expect mm-hmm. to get past the credit story, it's, past yeah. the down payment story, and let, and I expect mm-hmm. us to end up doing business. But in order for that to happen, I need to understand who you are, kind of where you came from, and what I need to know your story. You know, so so that's part of how it works. So, Dave, your thoughts or questions on that? Well, I, I think that you just said this. It's, it's finding a way to get to the win win. Not to be cliche about that, but it's it's finding a way to make that work. Like when you see somebody not like, oh, this isn't going to work. We're finding all the negatives. It's like, okay, what does this need to look like so that they walk out of here with what they need and, and I get or we get what we need? Yeah. Uh, it might not be how it how I think it looks right now, but sure. it might be something else. And I think my my take, Tommy, I mean, you you sort of look at people like that of like, let's look past all the stuff. Let's let's find the ways that this could work as opposed to the ways this shouldn't work or won't work or Will likely fail. That yeah, that's what we're in the business for, and that and that's why I caution. I see people asking, you know, well, what's your underwriting guidelines? You know, and then they give a list of, you know, they got to make a certain amount of money, and they got to be at a job a certain amount of time, and they got to be at a residence a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and and I caution people on that only for the reason is that your salespeople will lay down if 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 it's, if it's if if they make, if the goal was 1200 and they make 1100 and they've been on their job three months, it's supposed to be six. They don't even bring them in the dealership. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't know the story. So like mm-hmm. we bring them in, do you have a valid driver, PA driver's license? And do you have proof of some, some kind of income? Don't even ask if you got a job. Yep. Come on in. You're already pre-approved. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Everything else we can work through. You yeah. Know? Um, nobody, nobody leaves a lot until we want them to. And I'm the only person that can say no at the end of the day. And we have a, a checklist sheet of exceptions because um, you can go through all your static pulls. But Chuck brought it up years ago. Chuck Banano brought it up years ago that it's just not one exception that is usually in your static pool review. Uh, it's a list of exceptions. So maybe a low down payment. People say low down payments charge off more. Well, yeah, they do. But why? Well, mm-hmm. then it could also be lower stability because we're taking less risk. It could be a car that's not that good. There's, there's multiple things that go into it. So we create a, a checklist sheet that if it has, there's about eight questions on it. If it has more than three no's, then my phone rings. If it doesn't, then it's an automatic deal. But, um, that's good. but yeah, you got to figure out how to make the deal. They right. need a car. They're here. We're not, we don't make any money by turning people down. Nobody gets paid on a, you know, <laughs> on a, on a turndown. So yeah, there's a lot of numbers I would love to get into with oh, you, what? you know, with having, and that could be another show. It's like, okay, so how many people do you approve based on 
you know, people that show up on your lot. Everybody. Yeah. Well, and, and, and literally, uh, probably, you know, if we get 40 or 50 apps a month, there might be two complete, you know, uh, turndowns, you yeah. know, or, mm -hmm. or, and some people, usually it's ink, they come in and they make like $900 and I got to show to them that by the time you pay for your car and your gas and your insurance, you're at $900. Yeah. So now how are you going to live? Uh, and I basically turn them down for themselves. Yeah. You know, I talk them, talk them into realizing that they can't afford a car, but yeah, everybody's approved Yeah, because mm -hmm. they need the car. They're there for a reason. Yeah. I think um, I would invite people to find this tote in a podcast that we just recorded. Brent Carmichael was a co-host with me and we talked to a Steve Levine about the underwriting thing and how do you do what you just described and do it in a compliant way? Right. you know, we all got to make sure we cross our T's and we make mm -hmm. sure we're compliant. And I think, you know, you can absolutely do that, have the flexibility and creativity as a buy here, pay your dealer that you described and still stay within a compliant, um, you know, environment. So I think, you know, we, we probably won't get a chance today to talk through, you know, one of the things I look forward to doing and we can have you back at another time to talk about your actual customer success stories. But I think Dave, you know, you've talked to Michelle and me a lot in our work and, and, our own business building about this idea of uh, customer lifetime value. Mm -hmm. right? You're, and so I, when I look at Tommy and I think about, oh, he's got man. customers that he met within the first few months that he was open. Um, that he still has 30 years ago that mm -hmm. still their friends and family, three and four generations of, of, you know, people in the family that have bought mm -hmm. there. And I'm thinking, what is the lifetime value of some of those customers that some dealerships would just, broom them because they were a little short on job time or down payment. They broom that customer. And so this is where I'm trying to say, look, we're, we're talking a lot about heart stuff here, Tommy, like your whole relationship thing. This is about just meeting people with an open mind, open heart. You're trying to, you're coming at it from a standpoint. Of, I'm trying to help. I expect right. to find a solution. I expect if anybody around can help, it's me. Mm -hmm. So let's continue this conversation. Right? So now I'm thinking people who, who are taking a different approach, are missing, Dave, this opportunity that the lifetime value of the customer that they send away and, and you know, my 10-year approach and Tommy's 30-year approach is like, you know, what's what that one customer, you could bring them into your book of business and they could be with you for a very long time. I've got my own stories, Tommy. You've got stories of people sure. that have been with you a long time and, and they don't fit the profile, do they? Like they probably on a lot of other dealerships would get turned down if they it's, walked in. They on say, no, we say yes. Most yeah. of them, most of them do. And and I'm not knocking the, 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 the bank, the, the numbers end of this game. I mean, mm -hmm. you take, well, you got asked a question about that. What numbers? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the numbers, the numbers. End, I mean, accountants, accountants make this business work. On a scale, you know, on a certain scale, drive time is, is a bunch of accountants, I think. I don't think there's a car guy in the mix. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you put the numbers together and you can make the numbers work and it's a valuable business. And that's why people get into it and it's big. But I look at it a different way. I'm not looking to become, you know, if I wanted to become three, four, five thousand accounts, I would have done that years ago. And that was never my mm -hmm. my goal. Uh, so it's a little different way to help a different level of person, uh, which <laughs> I don't, I don't hate accountants. I almost became <laughs> probably a man. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, that's another funny story. Yeah. about an accountant on a ski lift who talked me out of my accounting degree. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a man. They, <laughs> they, they, um, they, I figured it was Amanda. Uh -huh. uh, uh, they, 
they missed that other opportunity and that's fine yeah. Um, yeah. because that opportunity is there for a lot of us that don't have the capital or the means to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you can go out and do this business and, you know, Rick's old model was 10 cars a month making $50 payments and you add that up and all of a sudden you're working out of your, you're, you and your wife are working out of your garage collecting 10, $12,000 a month in payments in 1992. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. So there's, there's different avenues of it. I just choose to take that lower end, which I think more of us are in that than not, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing some of these big, these big corporations blow up um, because they don't have the connection with the customers at the bottom and they're just feeding, they're just feeding the, 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 the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, keep the things rolling, 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 rolling. And that's a whole nother Christ we can yeah. have. I will. And I kind of look at this question that, that Sergio asked about, you know, average down payment, monthly payment, ACV. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It you know, doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't because matter. We, yeah. we, went, we went from back in, back in the day. A yeah. car, uh, we would sell a car for what our tax and tags are today. Mm-hmm. You know, $14.95. That's tax and tags on one of our cars. So whether your ACV is... 25. I would love to get back to, I, I watched some of these guys with $2,500 ACVs. I mean, I've actually gone back in, in cars. I tried to, I tried to chase that nicer car, that higher ACV. All it does is cost you more money. The customer isn't any different. Um, and it just takes more money out of your pocket. So what's the lowest ACV that you can feel comfortable with and the highest amount of weekly payment that you can charge? I mean, we were charging $88 for a million years because we thought it was cool. Week. Yeah. And after a pandemic, we got really cool and said, let's do $99. <laughs> and, and now we, you know, somebody comes in, well, what's my monthly payment? Well, if you put tax and tags down, that's like 1500 down and your payment's going to be about 485 a month. Oh, is that it? I'm like, okay. So it's all in our head. We stop ourselves from, yes. from raising the price or lowering the ACV. We think we need a better car. We don't think the customer is going to afford it. We don't think that we stop ourselves from doing it. We're the only ones telling ourselves no, you know, so, <laughs> and we're also telling ourselves no because the customer just got a new job last week. So yeah. we're our own worst enemy in this business. Yeah. I see, you know, obviously the mask got to work. Like when you talk about different ACVs, obviously I got to have the cash to fund those contracts, right. but I know that, and by the way, we're going to spend uh, every episode in May with a couple of exceptions on uh on collections. collections. We're going to really dig into collections. And we'd so love I to think, have you, besides the fact that we've got an anniversary coming up, we'd love to, yeah, have, we'd love you to have you weigh in, in there. Because some of that. I think yeah. the other piece of this, Tommy, you and I have had enough conversations to know that like the underwriting is one thing, but the underwriting, how you underwrite this deal when they're asking about a certain ACV or certain down payment percentage or whatever that looks like, however they underwrite that deal, the success of that loan regardless of what kind of car, regardless of what kind of miles and down payment, all this thing has a lot more to do with how we manage it in collections over three it's plus years. 100%. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? so that's really about that relationship now. It's like, right. I got to have some level of relationship in order for me to manage this long-term business relationship and expect that customer to be successful. I got to, of course, I got to make a good underwriting decision. And that may be a lot less about the numbers than we may spend our days thinking it is. And now it's more about how do we, how do we help this customer be successful in this contract, regardless of what that down payment is, right. regardless of what that cost of car is? So again, the math has to work. I mean, the- well, but that's but what you're saying, Jim, is even harder today. Like I said, when everybody came in every week to make their payment, 
if there was a problem, we were face to face. Yeah, yeah. We could yeah. we could we could adjust our relationship every week. Sure. You know, um, now you really have to get that relationship created on time of sale. So you sure. really got to slow down the process. Sure. And 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 make sure the relationship because you, like I said, you may never see that person again. Yeah. And if you don't build up some sort of relationship out of the box, then you know down the road when the payments start to fall, you, you don't have anything. And and then if you say the wrong thing. Yeah. It's like eh, then they start lying or they start ignoring you or whatever you know it's usually it's our fault it's always it's all over here mm -hmm. it's all <laughs> over here um got that from fish in the fish market yeah. read, read that book there you go uh, -huh. nice. uh but it's all if, if something happens if a customer's not communicating with us and we repossess a car what did we do wrong mm -hmm. uh, to to cause that problem and sometimes obviously the you know motor blows and a Customer drove the car 15,000 miles in three months and you're not going to fix it. You're going to be the bad guy. Then be the bad. It is what it is, you know, but there's a, but we lose a lot. You know, we can, we can take all the extremes, but it's that stuff in the middle where people lose a lot of customers and, and relationships mm -hmm. uh, that, that that's the kind of the gray area mm -hmm. uh, that we lose just because we focus on the numbers. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's probably a good place to wrap up, Dave. You, you got anything else? No, I, it's a that's a whole interesting conversation, and you know, in its own right, of just you know, <laughs> this can go on for a long time talking, talking about the lifetime value. Low charge, just going like that. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the lifetime value of a customer is a hard thing, but it really is the one metric that a lot of people have used to say, okay, what's the value of a customer long term? Anybody who's been in a food service business or retail business, right? Uh, which I'm very glad I had all you know those experiences early on because you really do see what the value of a good customer can be. And also the what happens when you have a bad customer or that customer has a bad experience and you don't work on mending that, how that impacts and spiders down the road. It's same, similarly for good, good customers, same, same way. Maybe they aren't the best customer today, but we know if we keep them on and it gets them to a place, to, this is helping them get to a place to where they are consistent or more consistent, then you might look at a, you know, the lifetime value of a customer go from, you know, a certain amount to a 10 X kind of amount. And that, that's, those are, those are bigger decisions. Like, look, we could have, and that's where customer service and looking somebody in the eye and all these things you've talked about today really do matter because you're not going to have those or be able to maintain those kinds of relationships if you don't have that relationship. Yeah. And I would say, Tommy, one way to think about this is it, those customers that were with Tommy for 30 years, yeah instead of 30 days is because it's not because he sold them a right car at the right price. It's because he had ways to support them because there were hiccups. There were setbacks across oh, yeah. the 30 years. There were tons mm -hmm. of things that happened that he had to work through with those customers. And so I think that's the thing we have to look beyond is like, mm -hmm. it's it, part of the reason that customer is successful is because of the way that we're able to support them yeah. in that navigating that whole thing. And that's the way relationship works. I mean, take it outside of our car business so the way a relationship works in order for it to work, we've got to be supportive, you know, of our, of our partner in that. And so that's part of how, how it happens. I was going to say the one thing I think is, and it's not talked about enough, uh, at least in some of the things I, I see is, is this notion that, you know, as you scale up a business, that becomes the real challenge of how do you keep, so Tommy has all this internal, I mean, how he deals with people. It's just, it's just something you are Tommy. And it's, it's, it's led to all of your success, but, it becomes really challenging. Well, how do I grow this? If I want to do that, if that's my choice, I want to grow this to multiple locations or across multiple states. You know, it's the, you know, 
any, any franchisers starting to look at this or like, how do we grow this? How do you keep that, that integrity and that, that sense that's of like, what, what made you intact? And it's, yeah. it's a challenge of every business. Yeah. Every business struggles with it. How yeah. do you translate it? Because they're like, well, we need to be able to look at this, look at numbers. But it, you know, it's more about, it's more than just numbers. It's about these connections. And that's, yeah, that's that, you know challenge. what, and you're, you're talking about, I think you're talking about the book, Good to Great, Jim yeah. Collins, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Read the Great. And there's only a hand, you know, there might be 4,000 people in, in our Buy Here, Pay Here success group here. And there might be, you might be able to count on two hands, the the operators that could do exactly what you're talking about with this, with this model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. I, I wanted to, but as we're just kind of like wrap up, uh, um, the it sounds to me like the key is is when they get there is to have that connection, have that conversation, and then you know, you create an open environment for you to be able to talk about the the problems and the challenges and the things. I would I'm looking forward to having another conversation with you next month in the collections about your experience with texting and and you know how how you're able to still keep that connection. But I think overall, for all of the people that are out there listening, Tommy's been doing this for quite a long time. And Tommy is is really reaping the rewards of years of having this kind of practice and and it, it I would imagine that it doesn't take more than you know the three years to start to see those kind of things start just churning because now you're getting your repeat customers and now you're getting more of the of the other pieces and and I love talking to dealers that that um, a lot of their a lot of their um, there's the a lot of the contracts that they're signing that are current are from that repeat from that that referral from that thing and it just takes creating that kind of environment from the gate and then just continuing and fostering that that kind of environment and then you can enjoy that kind of we we are known in the community and you know and and so people come back or they send people send us send us to yeah to, i think to Tommy, we come on here on mm-hmm. a white hat wednesday we've now done apparently about 50 of them and we you know we talk a lot about this heart <laughs> stuff and being good to your customers and and i think the challenge for us is always how can we help dealers understand it's just better business like you're going to be more <sighs> profitable more successful in the long term we're, we're over here talking about the heart piece and and not to say there aren't other dealers out there you know from heart of course there are but but it's like we just know that when we can understand this piece that seems to get left out a lot that we we definitely improve the sustainability of our business because yeah oh yeah there's pieces you're right there's it's i'm just one piece of what i do you know and, and like i said i i followed so many other dealers and pulled what they do way better than than i do into my business to create a successful model sure I'm just what I, what I do, the creator relationship is just one piece. Yeah. And I think it's one thing, you know, we talk a lot about sales and underwriting and all those things, but it's like you talk about creating relationship, which is where it starts. And then I think about that whole thing about it's not in our business. It's not how many cars we sell. It's how many we keep sold. It's how many we keep on the road, making a car payment, whatever. And so this is where the Mm -hmm. maintaining the relationship you know, on the other side of that. And so that, again, we'll go into collections in the month of May, but I uh-huh. think that's where it, it starts to take those practices that you're talking about on the front end and applying them to the collection side and, and starting to understand how a customer can be more successful regardless of the price of the car. Yeah, that's that's a good discussion to have um, because I, I see people just fix the car, just fix the car, just fix the car. Throwing money at a customer is not solving the problem. Right. 
Sure. And it's only going to cost you more money in the end. So, but that's a conversation for another day. Looking forward to another it. one of those. Looking forward uh, to it. Yeah. Put <laughs> on the flow chart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, we look forward to having you back yeah. as always. So thanks for making yeah, it's time. Always today. fun. Thanks, Tom. Thank Dave. you so much. I'm, I'm going to put you put y'all backstage. Thanks, Dave, for joining us yeah. too, um, and and weighing in from a larger business perspective too. And uh, I'm going to put you both in the backstage, and we're going to close up, and um, so we can say a proper thank you and goodbye. Um, yeah. If you guys will stick around, for just thanks minute. everybody. Thanks. All righty. Um, good info. Yeah, tons of stuff. It's yeah. always great to spend some time with Tommy. I love being yeah. able to take dealers inside the thought process mm -hmm. that, you know, Tommy brings to the industry because I think it's it's the piece that it's yeah. missed too much. Yep. Yeah. All right. So thank you again um, for joining us today. Thanks again for to Tommy and Dave. And uh, we will see you guys on Friday. And do you remember what the su subject is? No, I don't. <laughs> We're going back to cash flow. I think it's uh, that one on... Um, the volume formula. The, vo the, yeah, volume, the volume formula, formula. and yeah. that's that's it's that's an interesting, um, yeah. yeah. It's it's it, we get get a lot of questions about that when we start talking about the volume formula. Important so we'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great Wednesday, and see you Friday. See you Friday.